Okay, guys, welcome to this episode of the Ace Spada Podcast, um, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. And on today's episode, I'm discussing a good amount of things, insulin and insulin resistance, um, and maybe getting to touch a bit on nutrient timing, but I am going to, I have my notes out, I have my notes ready, I'm basically just going to read through them, I'm going to let you guys know everything about insulin, um, what even is it? Um, we're going to even start there, before we even start there, as you guys know, the podcast has teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition to offer you guys the best supplements in the game. You guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements. And also, my own coaching company, Symbiote Strength, is accepting clients at this time. So if you guys are interested in becoming superhuman, um, like all the rest of my clients are becoming in the gym, out of the gym, um, go sign up. Um, application is in the show notes. You can also DM me at SPADA Fitness or at Symbiote Strength on Instagram, and I'll send that application over to you so we can get you started today. So, let's get freaking into this. Um, first off, what even is insulin? Um, insulin is known as the storage hormone. Um, it's actually a non-steroidal hormone. Wow, messed up my words real quick. Um, non-steroidal hormone, hormone produced in the pancreas. Um, and when is it actually used? It's used when you intake food. So the primary functions of insulin is allow your body to properly utilize um, glucose. Um, so it helps transport glucose into your cells, which is then used for energy. Um, makes it basically provides body with readily usable energy. Um, it also stores ex excess glucose for future use. Um, and as as your blood glucose levels rise, the pancreas produces insulin to actually bring bring your blood glucose levels back into normal range. Um, it also urges and signals cells to take in glucose from the bloodstream, aka your blood glucose levels. Um, another few secondary functions is how fat is stored and utilized in the body. Um, once the liver and muscle cells actually reach capacity, it signals the fat cells to take in the glucose and store it as triglycerides. Um, this is this is quality we kind of want this um so um what is insulin resistance i'm going to kind of get into a bit about how a person's diet might affect it how um exercise can affect levels um how stress can affect levels go into some symptoms of low levels um hypoglycemia um and then some high levels hyperinsulinemia um but first we'll get into what is insulin resistance so each cell has an insulin receptor. Um, I technically call this the lock. Um, basically, we got to match the key to the lock. So what is the key? The key is the insulin. Um, so when the key doesn't match the lock and it can't get that lock to unlock, um, your body will continue to keep searching for it. And how does it keep searching for it? It keeps producing more of it. Um, and as your body continually has to produce more insulin, your BG levels actually stay elevated for a longer time. What does this do? Um, when your BG levels are elevated, your beta cells, which actually produce the insulin, um, they'll be continually signaled to keep releasing insulin. No matter how, no matter if the key is out there, it will continually keep producing as long as your blood glucose levels are elevated. Um, and what happens when you keep asking more and more demand from someone eventually they get tired eventually they get burned out um, so your beta cells will start to struggle to keep up with the demand to match your blood glucose levels 
Um, so Azure Pancreas work, has to work harder. Azure beta cells, which are in the pancreas, have to work harder to keep up with it. It will eventually burn out and slow down. Um, so as the name states, your body basically becomes resistant to insulin. Um, it's a big, huge thing. Um, one of the big consequences is as blood glucose levels continually rise in your body, you could be susceptible to type 2 diabetes. Um, big signs to look out for, maybe even how to spot insulin resistance, is um, higher levels of body fat. Um, typically, the higher, the heavier the person, um, the higher insulin resistance they may have. Um, typically, learn, we look around the fat around their belly or their midsection. Um, that's typically where a lot of people store it. Um, high levels of stress. Um, this is a big one. Excess stress is definitely is definitely huge. I talked about this in my previous episodes I've done on education, um, how stress actually affects your fat loss and everything. Um, you're more likely to store fat during that phase. Um, cortisol is no bueno when it comes to it. Um, there, as I said, there's always a stress component to everything. So higher levels of stress actually usually equal higher levels of fat. So you can, so you might see that someone who has higher levels of body fat might have higher stress, which will, of course, affect your insulin levels. Um, it keeps your BG elevated um, and everything. So we definitely don't want that. Um, that's a no bueno. Um, how does stress affect it? Well, when you're, when you're in that sympathetic nervous system and you continually when you're in that sympathetic nervous system, your blood sugar will continually be higher because glucose is constantly being asked to be released and it keeps needing and it keeps it in the system. Um, when you have that increase in blood sugar, your insulin levels keep rising, keeps keeps rising. Um, your fight or flight um, response doesn't function properly. Your insulin levels are not being stored. Your insulin is not being stored properly, which means like you can't open the key basically. Um, which leads to, like I said, unregulated blood sugar levels. Um, and eventually, like I said, it continues to go until it becomes fatigued and fails, and the end result is diabetes. So that's kind of how a little bit about stress kind of does it. Um, physical activity is a big one. Um, you know, if a person is inactive, they are more susceptible to it. Um, and if they are too active, um, I'll get into that a little bit. That affects kind of your thyroid and everything. And then sleep. Sleep is also a massive one. Loss of sleep actually resembles insulin resistance. Um, elevated blood sugar levels, um, especially at night, disrupt the body from getting um, more REM sleep um, or from sleeping through the, the middle, through the whole night. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, oftentimes, I actually get clients who struggle with, um, with sleeping through the night, so sometimes we look at that. Um, sometimes, but don't think carbs after in the night are a bad thing. They're actually useful in some situations. Um, I use it for some clients. Um, restricted sleep periods also can simulate the production of cortisol, which is basically a stress response, which I just went into, um, which can decrease your glucose tolerance. So those are some things to kind of look at um, when it comes to it. Um, we can look at alcohol intake too. Um, alcohol raises um, blood sugar levels and keeps insulin active in the bloodstream for longer periods of time. Um, those alcohol calories go into the fat cells. Um, and yeah, so alcohol can have a huge effect on it. Um, massive. I, I, I avoid using alcohol. I can get into the effects of that. I will probably educate you, but you can also go over to one of my posts I did about it. Um, so how do I actually, how do I as a coach 
actually find these issues with it and actually track if someone is insulin insulin resistant or insulin sensitive. Um, first one is BG levels, your blood glucose. Mentioned this about a million times already during this episode. Um, I, as a coach, need to make sure I push food. Um, and when I push food, that is proper, properly being utilized. Um, I mean, we look at things like training. If training isn't keeping up, um, it might show a sign that it is being properly used, but there's not enough of it. Um, but if your BG levels are off, um, accounting for other factors such as stress and stuff like that, um, which is one caveat I want to put to this to this part when I track clients' blood glucose levels, you have to look at a bunch of things. You have to look at you have to look at how much how stressed they are if they're in a sympathetic environment. Um, you have to look at whether they were dehydrated and stuff. I'll get into that actually right here. Uh, but you have to look at a bunch of different things. So don't think just because your level is off, it means that everything. You have to look at all the other factors before you actually make that decision of, oh, I need to be aware. There's always a time to be aware. You have to understand it. But there's times when you have to understand that your levels might be high for a reason, and they might be high actually because you might be starting to get insulin resistant. Um, typically, when you see someone who is leaner, um, example for one of my clients, um, he's around the 93s to 97s range which is um, the levels we're looking for fasted are between 70 and 99. Um, I find that um, those are the A1 levels. Those have been the study levels. Um, anything above 99 is kind of a bit concerning if you see them on a regular basis. So if you start seeing the hundreds on a regular basis, that's probably when I would want to push back, pull back a little bit on food, maybe even pull back on training. There's a few things with overtraining that can actually do things with it. Um, so I'll get into that because overtraining can actually um, resemble, you can actually get more cortisol response and your body's not actually recovering and not staying in that rest and digest mode, that parasympathetic mode. So sometimes even pulling training back. But the the good levels we wanna see is 70 to 99, fast it. That's literally like the A1 levels. Um, one thing I want you guys to be aware of, I talked about it, dehydration. Um, what I do, it's called the Dawn phenomenon. So that is when your body is actually dehydrated and you may actually see a blood sugar level that is higher than normal. Um, be aware of that. Um, so if you test, one thing I recommend to all my clients is Drink about 16 ounces of water after taking your weight in the morning. Um, wait about 10 to 15 minutes and then take it. Um, this can make sure that your body's hydrated, make sure everything is good to go. Also, if you're taking it in the morning, another tip, always squeeze out, wipe away the first the first drop of blood. Um, why? Because you might actually have a sugar pool kind of built up in there, so you might get an inaccurate um, reading on that. Um, so wipe away the first one and squeeze out a second drop just to make sure um, so track your blood glucose levels is kind of a big one here um, we want to make sure foods being utilized properly um, dietary adjustments this is a big one this is where this is probably where most people go wrong um, where everybody is kind of um, we see different things we could talk about a person's diet so the absorption rates of food we eat is the largest factor in how insulin is actually utilized um, if you have more proteins and more fatty foods, you're going to have a more slow absorption. Um, fast digesting carbs with a high um, glycemic index. Typically, you have a high insulin index. Um, they digest and absorb quicker, which affects your blood sugar quicker, which has a higher insulin production. Um, 
you know, I'll go into this a bit more, but one thing um, I talk about here, fiber, fiber rich diets. Um, a lot of people do not intake a proper amount of fiber. Why? Because we live in a, we live in a period of time where everybody's quick, 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 and things are not filled with fiber. They're not getting in their fruits. They're not getting in their veggies. Um, not actually getting any type of good fiber in there. Um, I could go all day on fiber if I really wanted to, um, but um, you want to make sure that your fiber intake is actually adequate as it does help control your blood sugar levels. Make sure that the release is fairly solid so it's you're not getting huge you're not getting a huge insulin release and then you're crashing. Um, you're actually getting a very smooth release. Um, fiber actually does that. Um, I also as a coach very much like to um, like to match output with caloric intake. Um, this is where I'll get into some of my jazzy, um, little nerdy nutrient timing stuff. So I push more carbs on training days and typically back off on their rest days. Um, why? Because your body actually needs those, those carbs on your training day because you need to fuel the training. Um, so I like to push like 70% of carbs on training days in between their pre, intra, and post-workout meals. Um, make sure that the carbs are actually being used. That's a good way to actually even help with insulin resistance is actually change the way where you're intaking your nutrient timing. Um, it's a small factor, but can have a huge result in it. It could change a lot. Um, I've seen I've seen it affect my clients greatly. I see their performances go up. I see them get leaner. I see them get bigger. Um, so keeping your carbs kind of on the simpler side so using things like i use things like rice cakes you can use things like rice um, rice crispy treats um, i use a lot of things rice based because they digest the best um, during these periods cream of rice rice um, rice cakes um, rice crispy treats um, rice checks all these different things go into it rice krispies everybody's a big fan of rice crispy cereal um, with the protein shake so um Using the simpler carbs means they're going to get converted pretty quickly. Like I said, the absorption rate um, means like your blood sugar is going to get affected quickly, which is a higher insulin response, which means it gets into the muscle cells a lot quicker, which means that they are used more readily, which means you can have better performance that way, um, which also means you can recover better, especially with those intra and post-workout carbs. The quicker they can get into the muscle cells, the quicker your muscle cells fill up and have that readily available energy, and that's how they get bigger. Um one of the ways but they can intake more so um so that's kind of my timing with especially with training nutrition is i like to push those foods higher i like to push more simpler carbs in those three meals just because i know they're going to be used especially pre and intra i know they will be used a lot of people a lot of people wonder why they might see their blood sugar get affected a lot it's because they are not using they're not prioritizing when they actually consume their carbs. They just want to get their macros in. This is why I say I'm a whole foods diet and um, and actually a nutrient timing quality to it um, is like the one-two combo, the best stuff. Um, because when you have those refined carbs and you're constantly eating those refined carbs, you're constantly spiking your insulin higher and higher. Um, which can actually just affect it for a lot longer. So um, we actually want to see, that's actually one of the dietary causes is actually when you eat high, high, um, high diets in refined, when you're high in refined carbs, um, that 
lack of vitamin D, um, the amount of uh, unhealthy fat consumption, we can get into it. But one thing I try to stick away from is refined carbs. I actually have an example. My client, um, actually, I just touched with him for his check-in today. I was looking at his diet on my fitness pal because I follow my clients on my fitness pal because you should to make sure you know what they're checking. Um, even though sometimes we preach flexible dieting, I'm a 90-10 person, which means 90% your whole foods, 10% you can have a little fun. Um, why? Because I think it's the best, it's sustainable. Um, but he was eating like three English muffins per day. He was eating some rice per day. Um, he was eating those things, but he wasn't, number one, he's not staying full. Number two, he's 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 a bit overweight. So you could see that he's getting these signs that he's not properly responding. Um, you could see that he's not satisfied with meals. So what does that mean? That means that his blood sugar is rising, his insulin levels rise, and then they spike, and then they come back down, which means that he's probably having a crash, which means like his energy levels get sucked down, um, which could tell a lot. So um, what do we do to change that? Um, simple. I told him we need to add at least two two veggie sources and two and two fruit sources a day. A lot of people are afraid of fruit because it has a ton of sugar in it, but fruit also has a lot of minerals and vitamins and a good amount of fiber in them. So, like I said, fiber can actually control that blood sugar level to make sure the release of insulin is fairly is fairly good. Um, so, add in your whole foods because I'm telling you, a whole food diet is the best diet. Everybody could see differently. You could be on your IIFYM shit, but I'm telling you, a whole foods diet is the best diet. Why? Because you get fiber, you get the quality carbs that you want, you get more complex carbs which is those take a bit longer to break down, which will just allow, like I said, it will allow insulin to actually release at a solid rate instead of going too high too quick, um, which can help with that. Um, also, supplementation can be used too. Um, this is kind of an end. I always want to talk, I always want to find the root cause. So whether it's a dietary change first before a supplement goes in, um, a quality GDA can go a long way too. Um, I have another client. I'll give a client two, two example. Um, he actually has levels typically between 93 to 97, um, which is on that higher side of that fasted time. Like typically we want to see between 70, we want to see 70s, 80s. If we could, that's really kind of optimal, but some people naturally run higher. Um, so what could we do? We could run a quality GDA to make sure that it's being disposed of. Um, why? Because he needs around, he's also eating around like, 500 grams of carbs on his training day. Um, but we also take that down. We also take that down to 220 grams on his um, on his non-training day. Um, we make sure that he's good. His pumps are good. There's a lot of things that go into it. I talked about tracking your BG levels. I go into, does he look flat? Does he, does he look like he's gaining body fat? Does he look like he's retaining water? How are his pumps? Um, which have all been positive signs that he's had. So no reason to make any changes on that end. So always be careful, like I said, when you're actually doing things. Um, but a GDA can go a long way to make sure that your actual that the glucose is actually getting disposed into the muscle properly, um, which can help bring down blood sugar levels. Um, makes it makes it kind of take a little bit of wear and tear off your pancreas. Um, makes it so that it does its job right and it doesn't get burned out. Um, so few that I use um, is Morpho Drive. Matador by AD Subs. 
Um, those are the two that I like. Um, but yeah, so if you do, that's the last thing you should do. You should look at other factors. Um, overtraining can also have that effect. Why? Because when you overtrain and your body's constantly in that sympathetic state, you are running, like I said, you're running that stress response, which just has, which will just mean you're going to have blood sugar levels elevated all the time, which means your insulin's going to have to keep being produced, which means your pancreas will eventually burn out, which means you're going to be resistant to the insulin. So that's something you want to look out for, but I'll get into exercise right here. Um, so high intensity training and weightlifting can actually do a really solid thing on it. Um, one thing I see is that people are training too much. So maybe, like I said, you're overtraining. So you take the training down, but you make it more intense. Training to failure, pushing your body to the absolute limit, your body is going to need that energy. Your body is going to need that glucose. Like your muscles need it. That's what that's what really trying to do with insulin. You're really trying to make your body need the glucose. Um, that's how you kind of push food up. Um, so allowing more time for recovery. Um, I've seen people's insulin response be better um, and push your training. They just become more responsive to the glucose that they're intaking. Um, there have also been plenty of studies that show that an improvement in fasted BG levels and improved insulin sensitivity with the, with the inclusion of resistance training. So people who haven't trained before and they go into training, you, you typically see it. This is why people also recomp when you focus on nutrient timing and whole foods is because they get into this hard training, which means their muscle needs to use more and more food, which means they're burning more and more calories, which just leads to better results. Um, so especially if you're into building some muscle, insulin is one of the most important hormones that you could deal with. Um, it's one of the most important if you continually run someone into the ground um, with pushing food, pushing food, pushing food, Pushing food is not always sometimes the answer. Sometimes you got to look at things like your volume, like your stress levels. You have to look at C, find the root cause and not just continually push food to actually um, keep up with it because it's just going to make your insulin resistance worse. Um, so you have to push up food um, a little bit smartly. You have to look for the signs, look at your fasted blood glucose levels, make sure that the person is able to utilize it properly. Um, but there's different signs that go into that. Make sure you know the client. That's why each client is different. Um, so this is why kind of insulin is really important just because it is one of the biggest parts and a lot of people don't understand how it works. So hopefully you understood. So to kind of recap, um, insulin really helps transport that glucose into your cells, into your muscle cells to be used as energy. Um, and it helps bring your blood glucose levels back into normal range. Um, it makes it so that you can you could properly build some muscle, properly increase food and everything. Um, it's one of the biggest tools in the game. A blood glucose monitor goes a long way. I gave you guys some tips about it. Um, I want to go into symptoms of low levels because I've seen people run hypo. Um, I have a tip for you guys. Um, if you guys are afraid of going hypoglycemia, which is actually when your levels dip below 70, um, I mean, I've seen some people end up getting like a 40 post-training and like they need food right away, but some people don't. Um, you have to look at things like some of the symptoms are shakiness, nervousness, anxiety, um, nausea, hunger, tiredness, um, diminished vision. Um, I could tell you um, from personal experience, actually like a month ago, I actually went hypo 
um, on the ride home from the gym, I didn't have a Gatorade with me and I felt like crap for the whole ride home. I had a 25 minute drive. It was horrendous. Make sure that you have something readily available. If you feel yourself with any of these symptoms, um, one thing I would do, especially if you're leaving the gym, just grab a quick Gatorade for the ride home in case you start to feel it. Um, that will really help you. Um, symptoms of high level of insulin is chronically elevated improper blood sugar control. Um, that's a big one. Um, that's what's called hyperinsulinemia. That's what it is, is when you have chronically elevated um, blood sugar. Um, you can look at things at elevated triglyceride levels, um, otherwise known as fatty liver, um, higher uretic acid levels, um, weight gain, hypertension, prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, um, went into that. Um, but make it sure that you're in just a good environment. Um, as always, keep stress low. Um, you want to make sure, change your timing. Put your carbs in your peri in your peri workout window. I didn't even touch on this real quick. Um, one thing I do is, like I said, make sure you have those simple carbs. So I place typically around 60 to 70% of my clients' carbs in that window on their training days. Um, typically, I like to, if they're on their off days, I like to use more fruits, more veggies, um, complex carbs on those days to kind of make sure that the insulin levels aren't getting like spiked quickly. Um, one thing that you can add maybe in your, if you're seeing a high, if you're seeing a spike in energy and then a real large dip in energy after consuming your pre-workout meal, um, add like five grams of fat to it. Um, that could be quality. Um, but make sure that you're getting in your carbs when your body needs it. Don't just feed your body like a hundred grams of carbs right when it wakes up. Your body doesn't need that. Um, it's also not going to be great for you. Want to make sure that your carbs are actually being utilized. So placing a majority of your carbs around your training on those days that you do train is going to be important. It's going to help you control your blood sugar. It's going to help you control your insulin sensitivity. And you're honestly going to have a leaner. You're going to have a bigger. You're going to feel better. Your pumps are going to be awesome. Um, 100%. So hopefully this, this podcast episode helped you guys out. Hopefully you guys you need to get proper sleep. You need to, you need to change the way that your diet is. Um, add in, change, change the way that you actually consume things. Fiber, fiber is important. Staying hydrated is important. Um, making sure stress management is good. Um, other than that, I think everything I touched on as much as I could, as much as I have knowledge on insulin, um, I've never experimented with exogenous, so I cannot tell you any more about that. Um, but levels you're looking out for 70 to 99 MGDLs, um, in the morning. Um, yeah. So, you know, remove those foods that you might be getting those crashes from. Um, like I said, remove those refined carbs. Um, those are a big one. Um, those are some of the biggest culprits of it. Uh, make, that's why we preach whole foods is because of that. So, um, hope you guys took away a lot from this episode. Um, I have um, the homie Alicia Israel coming on, um, coming drop it, episode dropping. Um, we go into a lot of women's health. Um, I'm excited to finally have one of these episodes. You know, I had Joelle Samantha, uh, Joelle Cavanero. I always get her last name wrong um, because her Instagram is Joelle Samantha. Um, Joelle Cavanero came on the show and we talked about her journey with getting her, with getting her period back. We actually discussed another one of this um, with Alicia. Um, so this one is going to be awesome. Hope you guys tune in on Thursday. 
Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys took a lot away. Um, if you guys have any questions or if you guys actually want to hear, what do you guys want to hear about during these episodes? Um, I would love to be able to educate you guys more. Um, I don't want to just keep rambling on the same topics, uh, but sometimes that's necessary. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you guys for listening to the episode on insulin on the ACES Beta podcast.